All right. Let's get this out of the way first. The thoughts, views, and opinions expressed on Tailboard Talks Firefighter Podcast are solely those of the speakers, guests, and host, and do not in any way represent the thoughts or views or opinions of any other employer, partnership, or sponsor. The material and information in this podcast is for general information purposes only and should be used at the listener's discretion. Team Builder. Team Builder is a software for firefighter-specific tactical strength coaches around the world. It is used to prepare first responders and rescuers to meet the demands of the job. Our powerhouse platform provides coaches with an elevated experience when it comes to program development, data tracking, and staying connected with users. Our software allows coaches to individualize training and quickly track exertion of each user to make informed training decisions. Head to teambuilder.com, that's T-E-A-M-B-U-I-L-D-R, Dot com and sign up with code TTFP, Tailboard Talks Firefighter Podcast. Sign up with code TTFP to start a 30-day free trial. Here comes the intro. Skip forward 30 seconds if you want to get right to the episode. This is the Tailboard Talk Podcast, the best health, wellness, and lifestyle resource for the fire service. We're using stories, lessons, and tips from the front lines to give a realistic view of what the job can do to us and how we can make it out alive. I'm Chris Morella, a firefighter since 03, medic since 05, full-time since 08, and promoted to lieutenant in 20. I'm also a personal trainer and strength coach, and I'm here to give you the best information and host the best discussions to make us capable and durable, both on the job and away from it. So grab a heater, steal some fancy creamer from first shift, and let's go chat. Okay, all right, test, test, one, two, back in the game. Okay, what is going on here? Recorded... I got to say, 10 minutes worth, and the entire recorder died, ran out of batteries. Of course, made an Instagram post about it. Back online again. Here we go. All right, let's get in this offer first. Welcome to Tailboard Talks Firefighter Podcast. I'm Chris, your host. I have an offer for you. Okay, so I've been talking about monetizing the podcast for the past couple of weeks now. I reached out to Hyperice a bit ago um, just with an, a question. Do you guys sponsor podcasts? Do you do this, blah, blah, blah? They don't. It's just not the kind of thing they do. Now, I've been a partner with Hyperice, a product partner with Hyperice for probably like four or five years now. Back when I was doing way more in-person stuff, I was going out to departments, doing lectures, seminars, stuff like that. I reached out and said, hey, my name's Chris. I have this company, Four Shift Fitness. I'm in front of a bunch of firemen. I really like your massage gun. How can we work together? And they said, dude, whenever you go out somewhere, if you need some demo units, let us know. We'll send them out. You can demo them. You can use them with whoever you're doing stuff with. And then, you know, we'll just have you send them back and that's all good. So I've been down with this company for a while. Just last week, they reached out and said, Hey, we have an idea. Now they're huge in pro sports. I mean, they're embedded in MLB, NBA. um, I don't know. I think I would guess they're in hockey, but if you look at their social media, they're everywhere. I mean, they are just, they have a stronghold on professional sports, but they're not really in the tactical space, police, fire, military, they're just not, not really there. They want in. So they, they called me up and said, hey, we have an idea. We can support the show if you help us roll out this offer. And we can roll it out through your podcast. Here's what it is. If you reach out, email me, message me on Instagram, I'm going to give you a link to talk to them for 15 minutes. And that's it. Talk to them for 15 minutes. They're going to send out a risk-free 60-day trial of the Hypervolt Go 2. Now that's their portable massage gun. That's the one I have. I bought two of them and I bring those with me to all my seminars and presentations besides the demo stuff. Uh, I bring it back and forth to work with me. It's 
portable, it's lightweight, it's awesome. It's a great one. The go-to is the upgraded one from the version I have. Might have talked to him about that, but talk to him for 15 minutes, give them a little insight so they can help grow their space or grow their footing in the fire service. And then they send out a demo unit to your department for 60 days, the Hypervolt Go, Hypervolt Go 2, risk-free, and that's it. Hit me up. Get your department a gun. Get your department a massage gun. Be clear on that. So go to forceshiftfit at gmail.com. That's the email. Or go to forceshiftfitness. They're both number 4th shift fitness uh, on Instagram. Don't go to Facebook. All right, don't message me on Facebook. I'm barely ever on there. I really just go there once every two to three weeks to see if the world's still burning down. And then I delete it from my phone or off my iPad. I don't, I, it's just not something I'm down with the whole Facebook thing. It's just, just gross. Um, and I mean, their meta business thing is kind of a mess, man. I get messages, I get notifications, I get messages and then getting to them is a nightmare. Don't, long story short, Instagram number four TH fourth shift fitness or email me for at gmail.com. Talk to Hyperice for 15 minutes. Get a 60-day trial for free of the Hypervolt Go 2. Hit me up. Let's get your department a gun. All right. Have you ever gambled with sleep at work? I did yesterday without knowing it, and then I did it with knowing it. Surprise, surprise, I lost. Here's the story. So we sit down after dinner, and for some reason, everybody was there. It's usually like two people are sitting down watching something. I'm in the office. The other lieutenant's in the office nobody's ever in the same place at the same time. For some reason, last night, everybody's sitting down. Somebody turns on the watcher. Now, I didn't know much about it besides the fact that Katie said she'll never watch it because it's too creepy. Ironic, she won't watch the watcher. I get it. But that's perfect then. I'm at the fire station. That's a perfect place to watch it because I'm interested in it. I'm not going to watch it at home. Watching it, we're like 35, 40 minutes in. I'm like, this is sweet, man. It's like six. It's like 7 o'clock at the time. We're almost an hour in. Uh, this thing will wrap up at 8 o'clock, going to bed. A few minutes later, credits. I did not know it was a series. I thought it was a movie. And so did like two or three other guys I was watching with. They're like, what's going on here? It's seven parts. It's a seven-part series. So now we got decisions to make, right? I'm not going to bed at 8 o'clock. I got to at least watch the second one. Am I watching all seven? We know we're not going to get it all done at once. There's, you can't binge seven hours of shows at the fire station. It just doesn't happen. There's going to be calls. Flash forward to midnight. We're finishing up, okay? Roll the dice. We're rolling the dice that we're going to watch this show for hours longer than we should. We're going to go to bed and just fingers crossed, toes crossed while you're sleeping. Nobody's going to call us overnight. We'll be good. We'll still get like five, six hours of sleep. Big time Big time L on that one. Four o'clock rolls around. We had called for a structure fire in our district. Luckily, it was just a front porch that had a little smoldering fire on it. 45 minutes, we're back at the station, right? We ripped apart this porch, put a little water on it, get back to the station. Now it's almost five o'clock. I don't know about you. It is day-to-day decision, like game time decision if I'm going back to bed after four o'clock in the morning. Sometimes I do it and I get an hour and a half of sleep and I feel great. Other times I do it and I get an hour and a half of sleep and I feel like hungover, like jet lagged, hungover, terrible. I wish I would have just stayed up. I stayed up this time. So I gambled lost. But here's the thing. I didn't really lose though because in my mind, I definitely lost on sleep. I didn't really lose though because it's so infrequent that we get all five guys, all five people together at night 
during our free time, watching a movie, hanging out, talking. It's just not, this doesn't happen that often. It happens at meals, right? But then everybody kind of splits because they all got stuff to do. I, I don't think that's a loss. I think it's a, it's a, not the best. It's a sacrifice, right? You're, you're going in knowing you're probably going to be sleepy today. And I was, it did not make me the best parent at times, but to be able to hang out with everybody, watch a show. I mean, two guys even went to bed and came back out. They were like, that's it. It's 1030. I can't watch another episode. I don't want to get sucked in this thing. They both went to bed and then they both came out like 15 minutes later. They're like, fine, I'll just sleep out here. They fell asleep in the chair, but they wanted to be part of the group. And I think that, I don't think that's a bad thing. So once in a while, if you're going to gamble with your sleep, if you're going to risk it a little bit, risk being sleepy the next day, you're probably going to lose, right? You're probably going to lose. You're probably going to get a call overnight, at least in my department we do. But I would say that the benefit of hanging out as a group, crew of guys I like, station that I like, watching something that we all kind of got into, uh, worth it for me. So gamble loss, yes. Gamble worth it, yeah. Yeah, I'd say so. Um, now, the last thing I really want to talk about on here, this is going to be a quick episode, um, is just, is just kind of a lesson thing. Now, I just passed two years as a lieutenant at my station, and, and I've been confronted with a lot of situations in my first, well, my first year, I was confronted with a lot of situations, and some of them are too recent to really talk about um, because they're too sensitive topics, but I was involved in several things in my first year as a lieutenant that I had to mitigate kind of from the front uh, with personnel issues. I'm sure we'll talk about those eventually. But in that same vein, what I want to convey to you guys is how important it is to have a circle at work that you can tap into. So recently I had a situation pop up and I just, I thought I knew the way I wanted to handle it. I thought I knew what the right thing was to do. I went with my first instinct, um, but I had time. I had time to sit on it. I had time to really think about it. And in that time, I tapped into two or three different people. Now, each one of these people is individual from the, la- the next or individual from the last. I mean, no two people of the ones that I tapped into gave me the same advice, which is valuable, right? But it's also dangerous because if you trust them enough to go to with this stuff, then you have to trust them, not have to, you should trust them enough to take their advice or at least take what they're saying and consider it with your decision. And I mean, it should be no surprise, Kurt's one of those people um, with personnel issues, with business issues. I tap into him probably once a month, if not more with like significant stuff that I'm like, dude, I'm just stuck on this. Or like, here's what I'm thinking about doing. What do you think? Or how would you approach this? Because I mean, for as much as we agree on stuff, Kurt and I usually look at a situation and our initial thoughts could not be more different. Like if I look at something, I'm like, that is awesome. Kurt's usually like, I'm not touching that. That's stupid. And vice versa. I mean, if you want any more examples of that, just go to the last episode about candy. We, for as much as we agree on stuff, we, our initial thoughts and our, the way we initially handle stuff is, is very different. So I'll go to him. Right. And there's been times where I've gone to him with personnel stuff and be like, Hey man, you're more familiar with this uh, dynamic at that station, or you worked with these guys before, what's the best way to go about addressing this situation? And there's been times where he's told me his opinion, and I've told him, like, I appreciate that, but I'm going to go against that. I'm going to, I hear what you're saying. I'm going to factor that into some of the ways I do it, but I'm going to stick with my original plan. 
And he's like, cool, man, that's your decision. You're going to have to deal with it. You're going to have to live with it. And he's go with that, right? There's other times, like just recently, where I came to him and said, hey, this is the situation I'm kind of dealing with. Um, here's what I'm thinking. And he was like, you're just, you're just he, he basically set me straight. And it was, he was right, you know. So you have to have people that you can tap into. As you get higher up in the chain, if you're looking towards promotion, you really need that because you need someone to tap into that you can bounce stuff off of that's not going to automatically escalate things. And I've done that with people I work with too. I've gone to people my rank and above and said, listen, I have this situation I need to run by you. And there's been at least one time where this person's been like, okay, you need to elevate this to the next level. This is, I understand you're trying to handle it at the lowest possible level, but this is a problem that needs to be addressed. That's a risk you run with going and asking for advice, but majority of times if you go to people at your rank or above and say, hey, listen, here's the situation. I'm going to keep it hypothetical. I'm not going to give any specifics. Here's what I'm going through. Can you help me out with it? You're going to get good advice, right? Now, here's my issue with some of that some of that advice on advice. And please remember the disclaimer at the beginning of the podcast. You will get guys that say, we handle things at the lowest possible level here. We don't escalate things above the blue shirt or the lieutenant or the captain or whatever your first rank is, or even below that, the barn boss, if you guys have one of those. That's a, that's a difficult statement. That's a very touchy kind of statement because not because handling something at the lowest possible level could mean several things. It could be not doing anything and ignoring it, pretending like it doesn't exist. That's handling it to some people. It could be intervention, like immediate intervention and going through the, the progressive discipline chain and making it very clear and understood. Nobody knows what that means. And so if you get a crew that says like, hey, we handled this at the lowest possible level, that's good, depending on what they mean by handling it, Right. And if you're a lieutenant and you trust your guys below you to handle stuff at the lowest possible level, that means that you trust them that when it's time to elevate it, they're going to come to you. And they understand, too, that if they come to you, you might have an obligation to go to the next level, the next rank above you, and make them aware of it. Just saying that you handle stuff at the lowest possible level doesn't give you the ability just to ignore everything and brush everything under the rug and pretend like it's cool because, because some old guy frowned at someone and said, don't ever do that again. Sometimes that has to happen, and in addition to that, more action needs to be taken. Now, it's not everything, right? But I'm just saying, you're going to trust people. You have to trust people. You also have to have a working agreement in place. You can't just trust people to do the right thing all the time because that's the world we live in, right? That's the way these things go. We're always going to try to help each other. We're always going to try to give someone else the benefit of the doubt. We're always going to try to help them out of a situation if they're in a situation, but we can't sacrifice ourselves necessarily all the time to do that, right? We still have to be professional. We still have to recognize when things need to get elevated. And I understand this is unpopular, right? I'm basically telling you that sometimes you need to be a leader, God forbid, or be a boss or make that God-awful transition from buddy to boss, whatever you consider that to be. There's a whole book about it. Go ahead and read it if you want to. Um, and that sucks sometimes. That really sucks sometimes to have someone that you like or you're friends with or you worked with for a long time and you're like, dude, this has got to go beyond me. And this is a mistake, but we're going to work through this mistake. Now, I'll also say the best advice I've gotten is just, you know, so I've gotten both sides of it. 
there used to be old guys that say deny, 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 deflect, right? And uh, there's the newer school of people, thankfully, who say, be honest. Just be honest, right? I will tell you that from the disciplinary stuff I've been involved in, both the receiving end, which luckily has been very little because I'm trying to be honest, and also involved with personnel issues, I will tell you that the way you react in the first 30 seconds to a minute after being made aware of what you did wrong or being accused of something. And then once you leave that situation, after you've been notified of it or accused of it or whatever, the first couple things you do after you leave that meeting are what is going to set the tone for how bad your punishment is. And I believe that. I mean, I've seen people mess up, right? Uh, And they say, listen, I messed up. I take full responsibility. I understand that was not acceptable or that was not up to standard or that is not okay or whatever it is, right? At any level of infraction, I'm not saying this is all like terrible stuff, but whatever it is, the people who take quote unquote ownership of it and say, I messed up. I understand I need to work on something. I understand that wasn't right. Please help me remedy this. Please help me get better. I'm going to do my best to make sure it doesn't happen again. I know how it happened so I can avoid that next time. Those people usually end up far better off than the person who gets told they did something wrong and their first thought is to be overly defensive or go on the counterattack or blame someone else for it, try to shift the blame back on the people accusing them or bring this stuff up to them. And the worst thing you can do is turn around and start trash talking the department, the rank structure, the people involved in what happened. Because now you're burning bridges all around you. And you might be so emotionally charged up that you're burning bridges that aren't even involved, but you're just shooting, right? You're just going for it. And you're worked up. You're angry. People screwed you over. You're going to screw people over. You're the victim. It's a mentality. I get it. It's a thing. But just be aware. How you handle yourself in the first 30 seconds to a minute while the people are telling you what you did wrong or bringing it up to you or confronting you with it, and then what you do once you leave that meeting that is going to set the tone for how severe or how for how severe or how not lenient, but how it's just going to set the tone for a lot. It's going to set the tracks for the rest of the course of your whatever remediation, punishment, whatever it is. Right. And that's the best I can advice to give you. I mean, that's a lot of advice. Please remember the disclaimer at the beginning of this thing, but that's just how I see it. You got to have a circle of friends, right? You got to have a circle of people you trust in the fire service that you can bounce ideas off of. You can go to to help solve problems. And this is can be this isn't always punishment stuff too. I've gone to several people who have gotten programs established or passed or um, done training with the department and been like, "Hey, how did you get this training approved? How did you get your program approved?" T- Tell me how you built that out and what steps you went through and who you talked to to make this happen. you got to be able to talk to people and work together and, and try to achieve that common goal. Um, and I, I tell you what, I wrote a couple things down. Um, and that really wasn't, the second point really wasn't on my list of things I wrote down. But I feel like it kind of naturally flowed into it. I'm going to end this podcast here before I talk too much. Like I always do. Listen, we got a lot of cool shows coming up. I got a couple more interviews coming up. Uh, Kurt's going to be back on. Katie's going to be back on. We've had a little bit of a jump in listenership. Uh, Guys, thank you. If you're hanging out, if you like to hear me ramble, um, if you find any of this useful, that's awesome. And I appreciate you listening.
hey, if you want a massage gun for your department, risk-free for 60 days, man, reach out, forceshiftfit at gmail.com or at forceshiftfitness, 4th for the fourth for both those things. On Instagram, hit me up. I'm going to get you a link. You can talk to Hype Bryce and get you and get your department a 60-day trial of a Hypervolt go-to. Cool? All right, guys. Thanks. Thanks for hanging out. Hope you like the show. As always, we're striving to be more capable and durable both on the job and away from it. Thanks for hanging out. I'll talk to you soon.